This is the Maker's Garage, presented by Carbide 3D. All right, welcome to episode three. Kevin Barnett alongside Winston Moy. Here we go. Welcome to your weekend inspiration in the Maker's Garage podcast. And Winston, I want to talk today about how you develop ideas. That's a very broad question. Uh, that could go in a number of different directions. Sometimes it's just something you see. Sometimes you have a passion project that's just been in the back of your head for far too long. For me, it's moments of inspiration and photographs. Lots of, time will, lots of times we'll do that. I'll keep photographs of things that I see out in the world. My kids make fun of me for it, actually, for taking pictures of all kinds of patterns or structure or connections, those types of things. If you have like an artistic eye, that's not a bad way to go. Um, I actually remember distinctly hiking in Yosemite and seeing this, the bark of a burned out redwood. Um, and it was a really, just with the way the sun was, you had some really deep shadows in the grooves of the bark. And just seeing that, I was like, let me take a picture of it. Like it could be a, a wallpaper or something for my computer. Um, but if you see something that inspires you, the, the camera roll on your phone is a perfect place to just store it away. Um, I know a couple makers who do that. Um, it's just a matter of, at some point, you've got to take it, save it in an album. Otherwise, it's just like, it's like some people's downloads folder. It's just they accumulate all sorts of stuff in there and it never gets cleaned up. Um, so it's a good place to start to keep track of an idea. But at some point, you have to have a plan to get that idea from your phone into some sort of tangible form. Yeah, otherwise it's a digital hoarder's house. Yeah, and it's I sometimes I'm guilty of that. I am, um, yeah. You know why? Because albums aren't easy enough. It would be better if there was some way to organize albums in a more succinct fashion on the phone itself. Like take a group of pictures and it would remind you, do you want to put these in an album from today? Or do you want to put the last hour of photos in an album? And also just you're kind of restricted by the, the form factor of your phone, right? So you only have so much screen real estate. You see little tiny thumbnails. Yeah. Um, I think maybe if you synced to uh, Google Photos or something, you could open it up in a browser. It'd be a little easier there. Um, but yeah, unless you go through your camera roll on a semi-regular basis, it's just going to get buried under more and more stuff. Along those lines, my notes. I, I keep ongoing notes in my phone. As I'm watching something, I'll stop and put a note in the notes section of my phone. I was doing it yesterday on an airplane, coming back, watching uh, a show about design, and just little things come to mind, either design points or thoughts about design or product ideas, and I just got to stop and write three sentences. And this morning, even, I was going back looking at some of it, and here it is, less than 24 hours old. <laughs> Some of it still didn't make sense to me now, and it did at the time, obviously. Um, I actually keep track of a lot of my ideas in Trello, mm -hmm. just because I can put some notes to it um, and give it some additional context. Uh, and then also, like, you can just drag things around in there, right? So it's a lot easier to, to sort, organize, to prioritize. Um, do you use, like, a notebook or, or something, or do you have some other way to sort of add additional thoughts to these pictures that you take. Yeah, I use not only the, the pictures and then the notes on the note, whatever the function is, notepad mm -hmm. on the phone. If How I do have you that. link them though? No, you can put the pictures in the notepad. Oh, okay. Yeah, nowadays you can just insert a photo. So if I'm diligent about it, I'll do it there. Or on the iPad, I use Notability a ton. I use it for almost everything I do at this point. 
And so I, I can handwrite notes, you can dump in pictures, you can dump in PDFs, you can write on them in there, you can highlight them. Notability is probably the most useful program I've ever had in terms of organization for ideas or events or stuff I have to do. Okay, that's pretty slick. I had no idea. Um, and it's on, on its own iPad and the, the pencil, as annoying as it is when Apple puts out extremely overpriced items, the pencil on the iPad is legit. I, I believe it. I'm actually trying to get into learning how to use that. So I got myself uh, Affinity Designer. Um, I know there's also Procreate and a couple others out there, but I thought it'd be a good way to doodle and just to get some of these ideas out um, into a medium that's a little easier to undo than like pencil and paper or pen and paper. Right. And on your recommendation a while back, I did download Affinity Designer. I do have it mm -hmm. on there, but I haven't spent much time playing with it. The advantage there being that will actually produce vectors immediately instead of having to draw something in, say, Sketch, Adobe Sketch, and then bring it over and vectorize it. Yeah, which it's not that bad now in Carbide Create. We've got yeah. the uh, bitmap to vector functionality, um, but during Apple's latest keynote where they talked about their new uh, iMacs and the AirTags, um, one of the presenters just in passing mentioned an app called Vectornator, uh, which also does kind of the same thing. And I, I think it's free to try or free to download. Um, and it might also be a really good alternative to Inkscape. So um, there's a lot of cool apps out there. Um, and your various digital or mobile devices can be a good creativity companion for it. Vectornator. I'm going to have to try that. It, it just, it sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds like something might attack me and turn me into <laughs> vectors. It wouldn't kill me like a Terminator, but it would turn me into a bunch of vectors. Not sure that's any better, honestly. I, I also want to mention the importance of play. People get the machines, some of them get them to make money. Some of them get them with the idea of who knows what to make. But I think you need to play with the machine every now and again. You need to play with an idea. One of the ways I play with ideas is I do jokes all the time. If I think of some inane, stupid thing to give to some of my friend, one of my friends, like giant medallions or some random tiny thing made out of wood because the person is short and I am tall, I will go to the end of the earth to do something funny like that. And I find the machines incredibly useful for making custom, hilarious stuff. I can get behind that. Um, I, I've never done production style work. like. Well, I did it once on the Shape Oco, and it was not a fun experience. That um, was the it was, space. Was it uh, okay, the coasters? Okay, that was two. That, the, the coasters is one. The Space um, Force, right? Uh, no, SpaceX. SpaceX, um, okay. But there was also a, an award plaque for an audio company, um, and that I had to make like 20 of the same awards out of oak, and it was a multi-material thing. There was some brass in there. Um, it was it was pretty involved and once you get through that process you realize how how soul crushing it is so it's always good to have a project thrown in there where the stakes aren't so high and where you can relax a little bit where you can uh, just do something fun do something goofy maybe even make a mistake get the uh, get those mistakes out of your system uh, before you attack the next one so um, I actually I recently did a little carbon fiber machining and I screwed up twice um, I was uh, machining the, uh, the inner profile of something. I had a clamp from the outside because um, I didn't want to use double-sided tape on something like this. So first I would clamp the outside, then, or I would clamp from the inside uh, with screws, and then clamp from the outside and just cut out the middle. It was a license plate uh, frame. Right. Um, and 
The first time I cut out the inside, uh, I only had three clamps on this and it slipped. Um, and then, so I was like, well, I'll just, I'll recut that, but I'll just a little bit wider to cut into that gouge that I made. And it slipped again. Uh, and so I put like seven clamps on it uh, the third time. Um, but like, it was a, a low stakes project. It really wasn't anything important. Um, the other parts of that carbon fiber that I had to use for someone else's commissioned work was already done. Um, so I, I made some mistakes. I learned from it. I reminded myself that clamping is really, really important and don't screw it up. Um, and so when I attack a project in the future, like I've got that fresh, fresh memory um, in my mind and uh, yeah. I always have a debate with myself, how small is too small for something to save to keep around the shop that I might machine something out of later? Um, my rule of thumb is about an index card, which is still pretty small. Three by five or four by eight? That's the question. Uh, three by five. Three by five, okay. <laughs> um, but I, I've been trying to, to become a little more um, free in throwing things away. Um, the Pier 9, Autodesk's like super cool workshop in the Bay Area, their rule of thumb is a 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. If it's smaller than that, you just really? shut it. Yeah. Well, that's already bigger than what fits in the Nomad, so that's impossible <laughs> for us to implement here. Yeah, which means it's going to be really hard for us to get over that hoarding uh, of materials. <laughs> right, right. Now, I think it's good. You mentioned mistakes. It's good to go into something that you know or 90% think is going to fail. Um, and it's, it's just, it's liberating, right? Yeah. You go into this and you're like, I'm going to try something new. But you allow yourself that, that failure point. Um, whereas a couple of projects I've done, it's like my, my back is against the wall. I've only got so much time. Right, right. I have to get this right the first time. And the stress level is astronomical. Whereas here, it's just like, if it works, I have something cool out of it. If not, the material was scrap anyway. So there's no real loss. Yeah, I get to about three usually, and I have two here from just last week. I've got two pieces of aluminum here from last week that uh, that look pretty cool until they don't. <laughs> Basically, everything was going swimmingly until it was no longer going well. You were so close. Oh, so close. And it's a lot about what we talked about here, the work holding and having your end mill I had an end mill buried fairly deep in a channel, spinning quickly, and it caught a corner and decided that it would turn hard left. Didn't work out so well for my piece. But I generally, when I make something brand new or try a new technique, three is about the number. Because I, I can't sit still with one technique usually, too. Or let's just do it once. You know how they say make one change only to something? Yeah. No, yeah. I like to make about three. Um, that, that lines up pretty well with my history because I ended up making three aluminum skateboards. So, yeah, three is a good learning process. The good one's here. You're going to see it in the background of some videos. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one is actually the good one. Is that the good one? It's one of the good ones. That one looks good. I kept the worst one of the three for myself. Oh, okay. Where's the third one? Uh, I think it's in Crystal's office. Oh, so it's floating around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that thing is most excellent. Uh, how'd you do the tail? I don't remember. I remember it's watching a, the video. But. It's a separate piece, and I started with a much thicker piece of aluminum, yep. and I machined the whole thing out of that. So there's a lot of material removal in that piece. Um, but it had to be separate, because otherwise the entire longboard would have had to start from a piece of stock that was one inch thick. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of it is only half an inch thick.
Um, so yeah, it's it's two separate components and they're bolted together. The uh, bolts that hold the rear trucks on are what also hold the tail on. Okay, I haven't inspected it that closely. I was thinking you did it at a full piece of billet. Oh, that would have taken probably three to four days of continuous machining on the Shapeoko to do that. Yeah, that'd be a Vince kind of a job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the longboard itself was not something a, a normal person would want to do to begin with, um, but that that's pushing beyond Vince level. Yeah, maybe start with a penny board if you're out yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Go smaller. And, and that's one thing I want to talk about later is going small on a big machine. I found the Shapeoko perfectly capable of making tiny things. I don't feel like I need a Nomad to make small stuff. That is true to to a certain extent. Um, that when you get to, like for woodworking stuff, for plastics, yeah. um, all that is great uh, because those materials are very forgiving. I tried to use a 15 thou end mill to cut out some tiny brass inlay pieces for, um, it was a friend's commissioned ring box um, and like a 0 0.015 inch diameter end mill in a router with a couple, a couple thou of runout, um, it's catastrophic. Um, okay. Because a couple thou, that's like up to 10, 15, 20% of the diameter of the end mill itself. And when it's wobbling, that small amount, but relative to the end mill diameter, it's so significant, uh, you just immediately snap that tool. Um, that's where the, the precision of that spindle on the Nomad um, really, really, like that's something the Nomad can do that the Shapeoko cannot do. Uh, unless you go out and you buy yourself a proper, like, uh, VFD spindle. But um, for the most part, like, small woodworking pieces, yeah, not a problem. All right, so that's where the Nomad comes in is jewelry. Yeah, or, or just things with really, really tiny tools. I Like, about 1 32nd of an inch is as small as I would go on the Shape Oko. I've done that. Um, but you can go a little smaller uh, in wood uh, just because... It's, it's softer. It's not going to snap the tool immediately mm -hmm. uh, when you try and cut through uh, without a perfectly, perfectly balanced tool. All right. There you have it. There's your precision from Winston Moy here at the end of the Maker's Garage number three. Get out this weekend. Listen, make yourself a joke gift. Make something for somebody that's funny. And if you're looking to make money, we're going to talk about that on another episode. That's one way to do it. Make something and give it away. It doesn't have to be a joke, but make something, give it away for free. It's about a one to five return, I found. You give away one. <laughs> People will order five if you're at a party or an event. But it's also one to five in terms of like a small amount of fun can also inspire you fivefold. Um, Excellent point. Get those mistakes out, have some fun, enjoy it, um, create without fear. All right. There's your assignment for the weekend. Kevin Winston, done. Signing out.